0: Hello, 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 hello Danny, hello Tim, hello listeners, hello everyone, Uh, hey thanks uh, everyone for your kind words with regards to the launch of our own uh, uh, film in pre-production Who Killed Nelson Nutmeg, we're not going to talk about it again this time, but we just wanted to thank everyone for checking it out and for sending us positive vibe messages, if you don't know what we're talking about and you missed the last podcast then myself and Danny's doing the film who killed nelson that may go to com. i shall say no more now because we've got a jam packed uh podcast danny's got some screenwriting news that's the first time <laughs> i've
1: ever i've ever done the jingle yeah you did it very half-heartedly but i won't i won't pick you up on it that's fine that's no cool. because
0: all these news news are around development which I need in doing a jingle so that was the irony okay. of the of the jingle Go and I'll on. just say
1: quickly if you've come this far in the podcast and still wondering what the hell the podcast is it's the UK scriptwriters <laughs> podcast myself and Tim Clay do it once a month so there you're up to speed so this is the screenwriting news there's one two three four five screenwriting opportunities for your um wow choice busy busy time of the year and they all have deadlines coming up so get on it the first one i'm going to mention is the nick dark award which is run by falmouth university and it's been going a few years now actually and it's um picking up quite a good reputation and it's got good clout and more importantly the prize is good as well you get six thousand pounds and there's good judges we'll put up the links for these so you can check them out but if you in the meantime if you want to Google them. And check them out yourself.
0: It's Nick Dark, but the uh, Dark has got an E on the end Nick, if you're searching Nick for Nick Dark it. Award. Nick, du- Fal- Nick Darky Award. Nick Darky
1: it? Award, Falmouth University. So that's one. The BBC Writers Room have another script submission window open. Um, it expires or it shuts on Monday the 31st of March. Today, as we speak, it is. 21st of March. Not sure when this will be live, so it'll be live get on with it. Yeah. It'll be
0: live before then, so get you might just only have a couple of days left. Yeah,
1: you might have a TV or film drama script lying around. Get it in, quick. Get it in quick. That's what they want. So get it in by the 31st of March. Check it out at their website. Lighthouse Guiding Lights Scheme run by the Lighthouse and the Lighthouse is based in Brighton but it's kind of associated with the British Film Institute and every year they have this mentorship uh, with leading industry figures to kind of mentor a dozen or so young hot talents and um, so it's a good scheme has been going since 2006 um, check that out do a Google we'll put up the link um, also in Brighton because it's all been shaken up between Creative England and British Film Institute and all the rest of it there is a Brighton Talent Centre Programme as part of the BFI Net Work, um, they're launching a program of activities to equip emerging filmmakers from across England to stand a better chance of getting their first feature made. So basically, this is a series of talks and um, workshops for people who want to make their first feature. There are thirty places available, and all sessions are free, which is great.
0: But you've got to go to them all.
1: But you got to commit to the module and commit to the schedule, and you must attend at least four of the five initial sessions. So that's all on the Creative England website, which we'll put the link up to as well, but you can check that out yourself. And finally, it's the return of Channel 4's coming up scheme, which they run every year, or it's been going for 13 years.
0: It's changed a bit, hasn't it? Has it's changed,
1: changed this year. Every year it was like they would make six half hour standalone dramas from writers and or directors um this year they're not making six they're only making one but they're making one 90 minute feature so quite a big step up and the competition will be fierce with a capital F- uh, uh but still very worthwhile to check out and put something in for because you're not if you're not in it you won't win it there we are um so we'll put up all those links but you can check them out in the meantime or you've probably applied already so what else have we got going tim
0: that's about it. That's all this. That's for the about that's, news. That's, Apart that's, from that's our own it. stuff, we've got some views. We've had some views about mentoring, because uh, a lot of those schemes of mentoring and training and development is a big part of it, and so on. We, myself and Danny, we're having a, a kind of off, off the mic discussion about that. We might kick that forward into a future one. So, if you have views that you'd like to put forward and we will discuss those as well about the value of mentoring yes value of development is there too much is there too little just drop us a note and we will include that in the discussion for sure yeah. now um, we'll jump straight into the main event today which was um, I went up to meet uh, a sort of a industry hero of mine and uh, Nigel Cole and I wanted to director speak to who's Nigel a director Cole. Um and uh, check him out on imdb obviously based right, on calendar credits. girls and maybe yeah, he's doing doc, doc martin at the minute yeah. or whatever uh, he's not a writer but he's someone that is very very interested in story i would call him a kind of a story based director rather than Great. a special effects based director yeah, or yeah. whatever so um what to know about how he works with writers and that's what i asked him about so uh, you've not heard it either no Danny, i'm looking so forward to it. Yeah. have a little listen yeah yeah Okay, well, listeners, I'm sitting here in uh, swanky BAFTA. Uh, you don't need an invite to get in because I've snuck you in and I'm sitting here with um, someone that I've not met before today but uh, been a fan of his work. You will be too. Of course, it's Nigel Cole. Hi, Nigel. Hello. Now... Uh, Nigel, interesting career that you've you've had. You've uh-huh. moved you've moved around a little bit between TV and film. Yes. Is that all one thing to you, or do you yes. see those as different things? What's your What's your difference? Because a lot of our listeners kind of pick one to develop as writers. Sure. They go to write for film or TV. Uh, how do you see it as a director?
2: Well, without telling you my entire life story, which you stop me when I try to, because it takes <laughs> quite a long time. Um, all I ever wanted to do in life was be a TV director. Right. That was my ambition. I grew up in front of the TV. Yeah. Uh, Who is it? it, What
0: sort of programmes inspired you, though, growing that? Why why TV? Are we talking about sort of Dennis Potter-style TV? Yeah, I mean,
2: everything from Dennis Potter, um, you know, down to uh, The Professionals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and everything in between. Um, You know, Play for Today. um, And I, I don't know, I just... It was my education, television. Yeah. And as a family, we didn't go to the cinema much. Yeah. It wasn't a big thing in our family. Yeah. We'd go to the Bond film and we'd go to, you know, kind of a big hit. Yeah. But um, I was never, and almost still aren't, a film buff. Really, really? What I liked was stories and actors. Brilliant. And um, I used to do a lot of acting in my youth. I was in the National Youth Theatre and I... I did drama at university and I liked all that, but I also loved television. Yeah. And so all I wanted to do was be a TV director. It looked a really cool job to me.
0: But do you think TV's changed a lot? Because if you look at um, films like Made in Dagenham or Calendar Girls, they have a feel of those classic yeah. TV plays almost. Yes. I don't mean play like a stage sure, play, so. you know what I mean by a TV play. Um, they've got that feel about mm-hmm. it, but, but Do you feel there's not that much of a home for those one-off dramas in TV anymore?
2: Well, listen, I mean, I finally got to make some television. Mm. And I was incredibly lucky that the the second job I ever had was the first series of Cold Feet. Mm. And it kind of launched me like a rocket into the business. You know, if I... I say one thing on this interview, it's just keep going and one day something will click and you'll wonder, uh, you know, how to slow it down. Yeah, right. It's amazing how you can kind of bump along the bottom for years and you do one piece of work and you are suddenly flying. Yeah. It really happened to me. I did Cold Feet. It was a big hit of the year. And everybody wanted to work with me. Yeah. So it happened...
0: How quick did that happen, Nigel? Was that overnight? Yeah. I mean, was it literally it was one day? It yeah. Was
2: overnight. It started running. The reviews were brilliant. The ratings were spectacular. And I started to get three or four offers a day of work. Really? Really? It was like, bam. Yeah. And I picked what I thought was a TV movie. Yeah. Called Saving Grace.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Which... Uh, I made for Sky Television. And it was a TV mm. film and mm. it was only going to appear on TV. Yeah. yeah, And I thought, I've done it. I'm a TV director. Yeah. Fantastic. And uh, we finished it up. And somehow or other, people liked it enough to start saying, hey, maybe we could release this as a movie. Mm. And it got to go to the Sundance Film Festival. And I turned up at the Sundance Film Festival, totally naive, having been a director for like a, two years, um, not even knowing what Sundance was um, and within 48 hours I was the hottest director in the world I and mean, it literally happened like that yeah. it lasted about six months being yeah. hot yeah. but I was for six months or for probably more like six weeks the hottest director in the world we, we sold the movie um, to Fine Line for 10 million dollars and uh, it won a prize yeah. and suddenly I was being pursued relentlessly I as you know Sundance is at a ski resort yeah yeah. I was so overwhelmed by the interest in me that I went skiing yeah to get away from it yeah and two agents pursued me down, down the, the
0: ski slug oh it sounds like a sort of James Bond vision exactly
2: though, like that I kept looking behind me expecting to see bad back projection I was for a brief moment Roger Moore um, and um, to my amazement that became a movie and suddenly I was being offered films in Hollywood mm, mm. And it kind of happened by accident. But, but you were, right you now- no, were you happy with that? Were well, you happy with that direction?
0: Or, or was it I like tell you, it you just wanted to, to, to get back thing to TV? You know?
2: The as I sit with you today, I kind of wish that hadn't happened. Really? And I don't want to sound ungrateful. No, no, no. Of course, no, I've no. had some amazing experiences. Yeah. And I've been around the world making movies, and that's all been brilliant. But... I've kind of come out of that phase mm. to find that TV is is the cool thing. Mm. It's the thing everybody wants to do. Yeah, and right back now, again, isn't it? so do I. Yeah, and there was a series of landmark series um, that have changed things. It started with The Sopranos, mm. um, and was kicked into overdrive with Breaking Bad. Mm. And I think what we've all realised is that. In television there are two things one is TV needs product it needs to mm. fill the screen movies most most movie studios don't really want to make your film. no it's gonna cost a lot yeah. of money yeah and be incredibly painful process yeah, yeah. and it's gonna be a pain yeah and really they'd probably rather not television is desperate yeah for material it's got Twelve or fourteen hours a day to film—it's mm. constantly panicking that it doesn't have enough. Yeah. So there's a will in television. So that's one thing—they want to mm. make mm. programs. Whereas film companies don't really want to make films. They probably lost a lot of money on the last one. Yeah. <laughs> TV companies don't lose money. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean—they yeah. can't
2: make failures. No, they just reduce the budget next yeah. year. <laughs> um, so practically, television is hungry for material there's a more important thing a creative thing which is people suddenly realise that the movie there's a kind of tyranny about a movie structure that mm. is very difficult to overcome mm. a movie lasts these days an hour and a half to two hours yeah. and by act three you've got to be heading very firmly towards that ending Yeah. and you've got to have some big resolutions some yeah. big turnarounds yeah. your characters are going to have to learn it's kind yeah. of the shorthand in the industry is learning and hugging. Yeah. You know, there's going to be scenes where All wrapped are, up neatly. Yeah, hugging each other. <laughs> they've, they've changed, they've learned. Like, and although that can offer you a nice, easy structure to try and follow, after a while it becomes restrictive. Mm. And what these great TV shows have taught us is the wonderful thing about television is... You don't have to bring things to a neat conclusion. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to have characters learn and change yeah. neatly in the third act. You can have them drift this way, then drift back again. And Breaking Bad is the great example of that, where Walter White, the hero, yeah. you know, the central character, um, you love. Then you hate. Yeah. Then you love him again. Yeah, yeah, then yeah, you yeah. prefer his partner. Yeah. Then you hate his partner. Yeah, and, yeah, love yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can constantly play with that. And you can. It's a novel. Whereas a movie, is a cartoon. Or okay. A
0: short story. Uh, but is a challenge back to that then because in the t- in the film world, yeah. the director is is thanks to the uh, French New Wave and all those jokers, is the is the head cheese. Now, when you're doing a TV series, mm-hmm. uh, especially something like uh, Breaking Bad or those kind of long stories, mm-hmm. it's the writer that's, that's key. But are you happy, are you, you don't mind that? You don't mind taking more of a, a backseat as a director to that story? Or do you enjoy, do you get, get your hands dirty in the story with the development? How do you like to work?
2: I can see why you say that, but the reality is that there's no difference at all. Right. Um, if I'm directing a TV programme or I'm directing a movie the producers are relying on me to pull it off to bring it home mm. and regardless of where it's ending I have that same responsibility and nobody no producer wants to send a director out on set with a script the director doesn't like mm. with a cast they don't yeah. really think is suitable yeah. um, and and um, the reverse is true in film is that, you know, it looks like we have a lot of power and we wander around pretending and behaving as if we have a lot of power but ultimately in order to get a job, to get a movie, I have to accept mm. what the producers want and Made yeah. in Dagenham is a great example of that. Okay everyone thinks Made in Dagenham is a film I developed because mm. it's a film about women yeah. about women empowering themselves yeah. I've made a couple of those yeah. it looks like a classic yeah. Nigel Cole film yeah. but in fact it was developed uh, by Steve Woolley the, mm. the one yeah, of the, yeah, the yeah. legendary film producers in Britain um, who had the idea with his wife Liz Carson, developed the whole process um, and came to me and five other directors right. with the script right, and All six of us auditioned for that movie. Yeah. Including directors like Tom Hooper. Yeah. 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 Kind of six of the top British directors in that genre. Yeah. um, Went and auditioned for that film. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. One of the reasons I got it was I said I was happy to make the film that they told me they wanted to make. Yeah. Which was a feel good, warm hearted, light hearted comedy drama. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: And others, and indeed, if I'd been given, be given a totally free reign, including me, might have said, I think this film needs to be darker, more serious, more intense, yeah. more detailed, more yeah. factually accurate, yeah. more yeah. historical.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but that's not what they wanted. No, no. And so, just as in a television program, or a commercial, or a yeah. corporate video, or whatever it is, yeah. there's a brief, Yeah. and I have to say... I accept that brief and that's what I'll do and if I start veering off wildly in another direction I'm going to be in trouble yeah 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 and there are probably some directors in the world and it's hard to actually to think who they might be if you know Scorsese I suppose mm. and um, you know um, who have the authority to do whatever the hell they like but um there's probably only four or five yeah. of them in the world. Yeah. And the rest of us have to do a deal. Yeah. We have to accept what it is, and we have to go and try and do that. So you're aware of that. You're aware of what the brief is. And you're aware of what this thing is trying to do and trying to be. And you can't just wander off in another direction and do what the hell you like. I wish I could.
0: <laughs> well, we all wish we could. Now, obviously, a lot of our listeners are writers, Nigel.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, what has been your relationship with writers? over the time um, have you got on well with them I'll tell you what makes me think about that I read a quote you can tell me if the quote is incorrect That's saying that you're not too much of a fan of improvisation on set um, because you feel that the script has been uh, developed you know over many many months could be years in fact and therefore you don't want to go to you don't want to ruin that um, with a whim
2: yeah uh,
0: so what is your Uh, relationship with a script and a script writer
2: the script is everything Mm. no one has ever made a film that is better than the script I don't think so people will disagree with me I just don't think it's true Mm. Uh, you can make a film that's worse than the script that's quite easy to do you, you can really fu- screw it up I've been told not to swear everyone um, you can you can go and come in as a director and really miss what the script was trying to do and, and really ruin it um, but making a film that's better than the script is almost impossible mm. uh, it's too complicated mm. so the script is everything and if you think you can make it up as you go along, you're soon gonna learn you can't. Mm. Clearly, I mean, even Mike Lee, the most mm. celebrated yeah. improvisational director of yeah. all time, yeah. goes in with a script.
0: Indeed. And
2: then no one's allowed to change a Indeed. word on not, the script.
0: Not, uh, not a lot of people understand that about yeah. Mike's process, I no. think.
2: Yeah. But he spends months wor- workshopping yeah. with the actors in order to write the script. Yeah. Once he's written it, that's it. Mm. Um, every moment every beat in your film has to do a job and that job is to move you inexorably towards that ending Mm. and if you think you can make that up as you go along when you're shooting out of sequence Mm. out of order um, when you're under all kinds of pressure um, and every single person on that film set and in my case a film set will have 120 people on it. Every single one of those 120 people think they know best about what should be done. And your job as a director is to pull all those people in the same direction and get them all making the same film. And the only thing you have to guide you is the script. Mm. So uh, I think it's ludicrous to say writers are more important than television. They're certainly better regarded in television, uh, but they're equally important in film, and they are everything. And um, I can't make a film without a great script, mm. and um, I would never attempt to. Um, 80, 90% of my work is working with writers on the script. Mm. And I'll spend two to five years on each of the films I've done Honing and polishing and chucking it out and starting again and ripping out Act 1 and seeing if it will work starting in Act 2 and changing Act 3 and pulling out this character and, you know, just endlessly. Mm. Um, you know, 10 to 20 drafts would be good. Yeah. You know, you'd yeah. think, like, this is yeah. quite an easy process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's vital. Um, it may be that I feel like the writer... Is understanding what we're collectively trying to do and I may be quite hard on them and say mm. look you're really not getting this and there have been a couple of occasions where I've decided together with the producer um, that the writer I'm currently working with is never gonna get it mm. and there's a painful moment where you have to say to the writer I think what we need to do here is bring someone else in to have a yeah, go at this. Yeah, yeah. and always in your head the film is more important than anybody's ego, mm. and you know, annoyingly, more important than anybody's career.
0: And there, has there been a, cha- a time though when you've got a script through the door and you're just like, "Wow, that's so near to how that's so near to what I want. That's fantastic. Um, the producer really loves it, and I'm loving it." And, and so you kind of there's hardly any changes to it or just almost you read it and what you're looking for is the gem of an idea mm-hmm. to polish up and develop further and perhaps explore further that the um, the the philosophy that the script is exploring
2: I think there have been two I mean listen I've read two three thousand scripts yeah in the <laughs> that's last why I'm years. asking you know, yeah. I, mean, I, I just I, I read two scripts a day yeah um, I think out of that, say, two, three thousand scripts, I've read two that I thought were perfect. Mm. Um, one was a film called The Pursuit of Happiness oh, yeah. that got made, Yeah, but didn't come out so well, so right. maybe I was wrong, right. and maybe the director right. screwed right. it up, right. I, I can't tell. Um, but I loved that script, and I went into the meeting saying, I don't want to change a word, mm. Um, I didn't get the job, so maybe, maybe what that's they were, a, what they were. He's too easy-going, they yeah, thought. he doesn't know <laughs> what he's talking about. Um, I think they changed it too much. Um, and the other was a, um, a film about an autistic boy um, called Strange Son, which never got made. Right. And, um, right. Recently, I've just suddenly tried to pick it up again and, and mm. try and get it done. Mm. Um, but in the process of trying to get it made, producers and studios had us rewriting it endlessly right um and it just got worse and worse i right, right. always thought oh we we'll just go back to that first draft or yeah the draft that i first read um but um listen it's it's an endless endless process and um, particularly in movies uh, writing is a, a long long marathon and i i find inexperienced writers have no idea how long it's gonna take Mm -hmm. Um, you know if you can get it all done in inside five years you've done really really well and um, I think often there are ideas and themes and character arcs that are in a script but a director can come in and go here's how we can really make these things fly Mm -hmm. here's how we can make them sing they're there but they're just not flying. Yeah. And it's often a case of decluttering. You know, it's like kind of trying to see the wood for the trees. You know, you've got so much going mm. on here. Yeah. You need to lose yeah. some of this so that this can yeah um, fly. Um, but, you know, often, you know, the same writer will underwrite things and then overwrite things, yeah. often in the same scene. Yeah. You know, you've established this point. You've established yeah. it five times. You really don't need yeah. to establish yeah, yeah, it yeah, again. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then in the next scene, you'll be saying, you think this is clear, but it's not. Mm. And to me, the whole art of storytelling, whether it be television or film or a novel or anything, but the storytelling is about clarity versus subtlety. Mm. It's easy to be clear about what you want the audience to feel. Yeah but you were so unsubtle about it, the audience feel like they're being spoon-fed it, hit over the head with it, yeah. and bored shivers. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's easy to be original um, and uh, subtle, but to be vague and unclear. Yeah, yeah. And if you can find a way of being clear, having the audience in the palm of your hand and manipulating them exactly how you want it to do, how you want them manipulated uh, but doing it so subtly they don't know mm. that's the Holy Grail so usually it's about clarity versus subtlety how can we be clear about this point of the story and do it in such a way that no one knows can't spot what we're doing
0: I like that and, it, and I agree with you <laughs> and that's the eternal challenge of course um, last thing to end on you've already given one good bit of advice to 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 writers keep at it (laughs) and i agree with that one as well what would be your other message just to end on to to uh, writers out there that are just starting or been doing it three four years and just starting to have a little bit of small success or whatever what would you say what would you say to them is uh the the greatest tip that that you've ever heard or that you yourself have formulated tough one
2: I know yeah bribes (laughs) Um, Bribe me. Um, I bought you a cappuccino Nigel is that count is that too small oh no oh dear dear. at least lunch of the ivy oh no Um, it's all about story I think people get carried away by the idea they're making a film okay yeah Uh, or a television yeah film um, that somehow or other kind of atmosphere yeah. cool shots um amazing set pieces brilliantly conceived moments are gonna do it yeah and right. they're not yeah the audience doesn't care about those things you know the the, the real classic is the six minute tracking shot you know yeah, what i mean it's yeah, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. it's it's the look it's, at me look at me it's the badge of honor amongst directors <laughs> i'm gonna do these whole 10 pages in one shot look at me I'm so cool nobody cares (laughs) film students care film buffs care good for them and if you can do that as well great yeah Yeah. all anyone cares about is story that's all you've got yeah and um unless you could sit a stranger down and in 10 minutes tell them the story of your film Mm. and at the end of it they go that's one of the greatest stories I've ever heard forget about
0: it yeah yeah
2: it's all about story. In a novel, um, you are allowed to hear the thoughts of your characters. Mm. You know, they talk yeah. to you. They yeah. say, you know, yeah. That really annoys y me that they get, they get that feel, trick. Uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> you feel sad, you yeah. feel scared, you yeah. know, la, la, la. Yeah. You don't have that facility unless you use the last refuge of a scoundrel on film, which is the voiceover, which please don't do that unless you have to. Um, but um, all you have to reveal the feelings and thoughts um, and desires of your character is story. Mm. All you have are the choices they make and the actions they take. Dialogue doesn't do very much for you. Mm. Because if you have characters tell you what yeah. they're feeling, yeah. it's that's really that's dull. Cool. Yeah, no one's, exactly. Everyone knows that. Yeah. That's page one. Yeah. Show rather than tell. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody understands that. But putting that into action is actually harder than it sounds. And what you have is story. What does your character do next? Mm. Why does he or she choose to go this way or that? And where is that leading? And how is that slowly and inexorably revealing uh, why this is an important moment in your character's life? What you're saying to an audience with a story is, come and look at this. Mm. Come and meet this person and having done that you're saying I've chosen this moment in this character's life to show you not a year ago not Mm. last week but this moment and you have to know exactly why this moment is the moment you've chosen to show the audience Yeah, yeah because this moment is the moment that reveals everything you need to know about this character yeah this moment is why this person is interesting and so it's about story and most writers i find are not good enough at story it's bizarre
0: almost get distracted like by that yeah. other stuff almost and with the with the cleverness and the techniques and
2: yeah and i think there is a slightly different bias between england and the states here mm in that we come from a, an academic literary tradition here. And most people who see themselves as writers like writing.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think if what you really love is writing, if what you love is words, what you lo- love is the elegantly turned phrase. My advice to you is go and write a novel mm. or do journalism. Yeah. Um, what you are as a screenwriter is a storyteller. Yeah. And what you need to be in love with Is story and it amazes me I say to writers what's your what's the story tell me the story and they get lost Mm. they don't know what the story is Um, the story is doing everything for you Mm. it's revealing everything it's driving it and that story has to get more and more and more interesting as it goes on and um, I'm constantly saying to writers let's just go back to the story here what's Mm. our story Mm. And what we're trying to do is fix it with a cool scene.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: No amount of cool scenes yeah. is going to make a good movie. Yeah. Can why have is it a compelling? Movie, yeah. It's 120 minutes of cool scenes. Yeah. And it can be terrible. Yeah. 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 Uh, because it's all about where's this story going, and we all know great storytellers. There are people who can dominate a dinner party. Or, you know, just by spinning these great stories, and they know exactly how to hook mm. you in, and where to go, how to build it to a climax, and how to take you somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are the people who should be writing screenplays.
0: What about yourself? What? Well, do you fancy a life of sitting down and sitting in front of final draft and tapping away? I think away? I'm not good enough. Right.
2: And I, I mean, no, I, I, I walk hand in hand with the writers. Um, I work with the writers, these days I often rewrite myself, mm. I'll often okay. do a pass, okay. I'll do a draft. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm lucky enough to work with writers who um, ego allows them to accept mm. that and mm. accept that what I'm trying to do is show them yeah. something rather than dictate yeah. Yeah. what it is, um, but um, what I like is the collaboration Yeah. I and mean, that's why I like directing because mm. I've got 120 people and yeah. I'm trying to corral them all. <laughs> in the same direction yeah, yeah and you know um uh i like actors and i'm fascinated by their craft and i'm fascinated by how you can help them bring uh, come to a three-dimensional performance um, i think writing is a lonely uh profession that is not quite enough for me and i get stuck on my yeah. own i mm. need people to bounce off and bounce to, off yeah. and to yeah. stimulate yeah. me and me then yeah. and it goes backwards and forwards so yeah. Um, I, I, I wish I could write if I found it easier um, I'd probably do it um, it's nice you know w- w- the great advantage of, a, of being a writer is um, you don't actually have to get dressed in the morning yeah you can do it in your pyjamas yeah yeah uh, and um, I'm kind of envious of that <laughs> um, you know
0: no, no, no early morning starts yeah, on the can, set none of that stuff 5am uh, <laughs> and uh, not uh, no no, stuff. no
2: you know, sit at home where it's nice and warm, yeah, um, and uh, you know, do it. But um, but listen, we need writers. We need more writers. Um, and um, I think it's easier than people think to become successful as a writer. And what happens? Well, I you won't
0: get. You won't find many people nod nodding to that, listening to this, Nigel. It's because they haven't hard. tried for long enough, right?
2: It might take you 15 or 20 yeah. years. Yeah. You might be in your late 40s before mm. you get anything made. Yeah. But that thing might be huge. Yeah. I mean, look at the guy who wrote The King's Speech.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Was he in his 60s? Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
2: Um, you know, uh, I think the trouble with most writers is they try for several years, nothing gets made and they mm. give up. And, yeah. you know, it, I understand they have to go and earn a living. And yeah. And there may be that they have to give it up. But I think if you've got half an ounce of talent and you keep going, you'll get there.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, thanks for that, Nigel. Am
2: I supposed
0: to end kind of <laughs> You positive, will. You will posi- get posi- positive, positive. Yeah. Listen, folks, there's a lot of hard work in front. That's what we've got to face up to. Uh, okay. Story. Story,
2: story, story, story. Tell me a story that I love and you're hired.
0: There we are. All right, there you go. The challenge has been laid, listeners. That's it, Danny. All
1: right, thanks That's for that, it. Tim. And oh,
0: well, I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed it, and uh, thank you, all Nigel. I was down was a ca- cappuccino, so yeah. I was happy about that.
1: Thank you, Mr. Cole, because it, that all happened because of Twitter, really. I think I sent him a tweet and stuff, and it, yeah. of, it steamrolled for me. It there. did, it did, it so did. So thank you for not ignoring my tweet, Mr. Cole. There we thing. are. You're very kind.
0: Uh, he did admit that he'd never listened to the podcast. That's perfect. <laughs> so that probably helped. You wouldn't want to in public, <laughs> would you? You wouldn't want to. Um, so let's wrap up. That let, 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 Let's uh, conclude um, just with how to get in touch with us and where to find us. Obviously, you're listening to this somehow through the power of the internet. Yes. Bless you for doing that. Um, if you stumbled upon it or someone's slipped this podcast to you under your doormat, then you can find more by searching on iTunes. That's the number one way for new UK scriptwriters, and you can just subscribe there, meaning that it's automatically downloaded. You can find us on uh, uk com, which is where the actual material is uh, hosted. Uploaded, yeah. um, you can also find us on Twitter, uk scriptwriters, Facebook, which we share. Me and Danny share that. So um, one of us all reply or we'll reply in tandem when we're meeting up. Uh, yeah, Facebook uh all over the internet really. Yeah. And and you can email us as well, UKScriptWriters uh, at hotmail dot
1: yeah. yeah. That's it.
0: That's it really. Send us send us uh, stuff we would like to get it. That's We're go- it really. We're
1: gonna try a few more interviews as well over the next few podcasts. More
0: as ma- ma- more lined up. Um so um Stick we'll trickle-, trickle-, trickle those out around urgent debates as they occur. Yeah. And
1: and more news about Nelson Nutmeg as we get. It done. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. All all right. Right. Cheers then folks. Thank you. Bye, Bye.